Welcome to 908 ENT, the podcast. I'm your host, Sal Liberato. We're here to help you take another step towards success. Now let's get ready to learn the basics from the best. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning back in to another episode. Today, our special guest is Darnell Leslie. Darnell, thank you for coming on today. Thanks, Sal. Pleasure to be on, man. Glad we get to do this, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. So Darnell was a standout football player at the collegiate level then went on to play in the NFL with the Cowboys and Steelers. Now he's bringing his skill set to real estate as an investor and a realtor. But, you know, this is all public info. Anybody can Google that type of stuff. Darnell, what do you want our listeners to know about you today? Yeah, you know, I'm you know, nobody that's super spectacular out of the ordinary um, to myself. You know, I, I think highly of myself, but I also understand that I came from humble beginnings, right? Wasn't given anything, wasn't spoon-fed. Um, and I'm just, a, you know, your average guy that's trying to make a living in the world and do things above average to get to a place where I can, you know, set my family up for, for life. So be grateful to be around and have an opportunity to do things I can and have the free will to live in a world where I'm able to do those type of things. So that's just a little bit about me. Yeah, that's great. So to kick the uh, show off here, I'd like to ask everybody, what are the three simplest things that lead to success? Yeah, man, that's, um, that's, a, that's a tough one because it's all kind of subjective to everybody's understanding and definition of success. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, success pretty much means, you know, time and financial freedom, right? And to get that, in my opinion, and what I've learned so far in life is you have to be grateful for where you are right now. Understand that, you know, your current circumstance isn't always going to be forever as long as you understand where your, your end goal should be and where you want to be in life. Um, so I'll say gratitude. I'll say just having patience, trusting in the process. And again, just understanding that things will change and come into your time and to your play when you consistently take the action. And the last one is just consistency, right? So patience, consistency, and, uh, and just gratitude for me, man, all around. Yeah, those are great. I mean, they all go hand in hand, too. So those are definitely three solid ones. So you're, uh, you're into the uh, real estate industry now. Can you share a moment or experience that inspired you to pursue that? Yeah, actually. So um, it's kind of cliche, but I, f- I feel like every real estate investor I've heard speak on a topic like this is they've always mentioned the same book around rich dad, poor dad, man. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, that moment was my last year in Canada playing balls with Hamilton Tiger Cats out in Ontario. And uh, it might've been like 20, 2018, end of 2018. And I was literally sitting in my dorm room scrolling through rich dad, poor dad. I finished that book in like maybe four days. It was an audible book. And when I got done with that book, my entire mindset on money changed, my entire mindset on wealth building changed, entire mindset on, you know, just how to acquire wealth and money itself changed in general, um, which just what Baba Kiyosaki preached about, right? Don't work for your money, let the money work for you mm-hmm. um, and find ways to always leverage that money for more. So for me, that that route was real estate from there. He had, you know, a crap ton of examples in that book around how real estate can change your life. I was mm-hmm. changed his and then the other millionaire that he know in his personal life. Um, and so when I was done with ball, I dove right into IT and into the technology field, which I got my degree in from college at Monmouth, mm-hmm. but then also dove into real estate. So I started as an investor in real estate for the last two years. And then most recently, I got my license to sell the retail side of real estate um, back in like November of 2022. Uh, so for me, that's kind of, you know, how I got my inspiration to join real estate and to be in the market. Um, as a realtor and as an investor, man. But for me, it's, that's like my end game, and that's where I'm going for the rest of my life is real estate. No, that's great. So you were already kind of getting the wheels in motion while you were kind of playing with the with the real estate thing. Yeah, man. So um, it was very early, very premature. I didn't know anything about real estate. Initially, I thought you had to be like rich to buy your own house, and you have to buy the house all cash or 
there's no bank finance. I knew nothing about real estate, literally nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm reading his book and I'm like, how are these people buying these properties, doing these crazy things and buying these 12 year apartment complexes, things like that, that definitely piqued my interest. So when I had more free time and, and downtime when football was done, uh, when I retired in 2020, uh, real estate was like the one thing I gravitated towards, right? Learning about real estate, learning about investing, learning about the different ways to invest in real estate, both on the retail and the investing side. So definitely try to double dip in both, but not as much as I probably could have thinking back on it. So, I mean, like being able to know what's next is definitely a valuable skill set, whether that is athletics or business. But I feel like a lot of people sometimes get caught up when they do stop being an athlete and they kind of don't know what that next step is. So the fact that you were able to kind of get the ball rolling while you were still playing is definitely great. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, and you know, it being a high caliber athlete playing D1, right? Like we're putting a box almost, right? Like we're, mm-hmm. We tell ourselves, but then society tells us you're a football player. And mm-hmm. that's all you are, right? So when we see you in the streets, hey, there's that football player style. There's that football player coming out. When really that's a small segment of our life, right? You know, I know, everybody else that plays ball knows that this game went fast. For most people up to high school, for even less to college, and then 1% of that in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? So for me, it was just, you know, understanding that that timeline and that window was going to come to an end at some point. And I need to find a way to kind of pivot into something else that I could, you know, help my family out and, and grow our generational wealth that way as well. Yeah. So can you share a valuable lesson that you've learned from, whether that was through athletics or just being in the real estate industry now? Yeah. Um, valuable lesson, man, is to diversify yourself. And I didn't realize that until after I was done playing ball again, right? Being pivoted, being pinholed into being that quote unquote athlete. Um, I didn't have an opportunity to dive into a lot of the other fields that I um, had interest in. Right. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm very interested in arts and crafts. I like using my hands. Um, I like breaking things down and building them back up, things like that. So I didn't have that opportunity. I did have the opportunity. I didn't capitalize on that opportunity like I probably could have all throughout school. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that was the one takeaway was diversify yourself. And I'll tell any young athlete that same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Diversify yourself. Make sure you're tapping into the avenues of life and into the things that you find interested in, not just the things that society puts in front of you based on your quote-unquote title. Right. So you can be a football player. You can also be an artist. You can also be a singer if you want to. You can also be a, a damn chef. Right. Who's to say that you can't have all those titles and still be successful in all of them, if not one of them. So for me, that was definitely my biggest takeaway. And the lesson that I've learned was just, again, diversify yourself, find ways to tap into things that you're interested in and not just what society puts that title on you as. Yeah, 100 percent. And even that's like a great point. And even just like athletics in general, like diversify it and play all different types of sports. Cause I feel like now a lot of people, it's just like, all right, you play this, you play this, you play that. Like, that's it. Like with sports, it's like, all right, go and try and play every sport. Like who's to say you can't. Yeah. And then so even to that point, man, like growing up, I didn't play many other sports, dude. Like I grew up playing football. Mm-hmm. I put on my first pair of soda pads at six. I ran track for two years in high school and that was literally it. Mm-hmm. No other sports. Right. And part of that was because my parents just probably weren't, they didn't, care too much about sports and they knew I was happy and I love football. So they kept pouring gas on that, which I appreciate them for. The other side of that was just my friends and my, my friend group. They didn't play any other sports, but football either. So I wasn't exposed to much, but to your point, man, I think if you are an athlete in general, just be an athlete, mm-hmm. let your athleticism bring you to other sports that can gravitate you and bring you to other levels of, of success. Right. Who's to say that mean you can need awesome baseball players, mm-hmm. right? Who's to say, right. So to that same point, just diversify yourself in everything you do, not just within your sport, not just within your athleticism, but just in your life in general, right? Be as much as you can be because there's no limit to it. 
Yeah. So over the years, whether that was athletics or now in real estate, you have any favorite kind of quotes, mottos, mantra, code, anything you kind of live by? Yeah, I got kind of two, man. So my, my mom growing up would always tell me, do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. That was one of those things. I was a, a kid that always loved to go outside after school. I'd do my homework and want to go outside immediately after being home for 30 minutes. Right. I'm out on the phone. Hey, mom, I got my work done. Let me go outside and play. <laughs> she knew I wasn't getting my work done and my homework done. So she would always tell me, do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. And that span and that took me all the way throughout college, man, because as an athlete and a collegiate athlete, you have responsibilities. You can't just ditch school and expect to get a D1 scholarship. Mm-hmm. You have to be in the classroom. You have to be in the weight room. You have to be in the community and you have to also be good on the field. Do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do in life. And that I still carry that with me to this day because the older you get, man, and you know what, there's more responsibilities that get thrown us. Mm-hmm. If we want to enjoy life, we have to do the little things every single day that we have to do to get to where we, you know, we want to be to relax in life. And then the other one is just enjoy the process. Shout out to MB, right? Just trust the process itself, like, because that's the only way you'll learn and understand and gain that passion for what you are doing. Mm-hmm. You take the consistent little steps every single day and, and, and fall deeper into what you're doing and as a passion. Yeah, I like the first one. Though. I, I like your mom's quote. That's good. I like that a lot. And then your um, to your second point, I feel like being an athlete does help you with that because the season is only, you know, so long, but the off-season training is literally the entire year. So you're literally training the entire year for a very small amount of time. So doing that year after year, you develop that and then it can carry over to business or life or kind of whatever you have to do. So if you can develop that skill early on, it's definitely very beneficial. 100%. And I mean, you hit it on the head, bro. Like the sport that we play is not just a three-month sport during the season. You have mm-hmm. to stay consistently in shape. Like we were going through 5 a.m. workouts in the wintertime. We weren't, mm-hmm. we didn't want to do that, but we had to, to get to where we, we were to be a successful team, successful players, man. So that's, I think that ties into every aspect of life, really. You have your responsibilities. Take those by the horns. Do those things every single day so that you can reap the benefits of what you want to do in life. Yeah, that ties right into the next question. So does hard work beat talent or does talent beat hard work? Ooh, that's hard. Does hard work beat talent or does talent beat hard work? Yeah, I know there's there's technically a, there's a full saying to it, but I left the end off for everybody because I wanted it like to be open-ended so people can kind of – there's no one answer for it. Hardware beats talent, man. Hardware beats talent any day. Why? Because if you're, you can work, you can be as good as you are, as you want to be the best in your classroom, the best on the field, the best in whatever you do. Mm-hmm. But if you're not consistently priming that trait or priming that skill, you will get beat out by the next man that is doing that. And he probably mm-hmm. wasn't as blessed as you, as tall as you, as strong as you, as fast as you. But if he's consistently doing the little things every single day to get better at those things, hitting the track, getting on the field, in my field on in real estate, right? You could be a great salesperson and sell and buy people's houses left and right, but if you're not consistently running your comps, right, which is a hard work, if you're not consistently doing the outreach, reaching out to different clients and agents in the field, which mm-hmm. is the hard work, you will yell. Right. So I will say I think hard work beats talent any single day because hard work that's just it's kind of built in you. Right. Your talent is what you're blessed with, which God gives you. And you can mm-hmm. we've seen it on a daily basis in sports, right? People they lose their talents and their blessings because they don't store it well. Mm-hmm. Right, the hard work you can out steward anybody because you're that's in you, that's that passion in you, that's the drive, the grit, the determination, and people can't really teach that or take it from you. Yeah, honestly, almost everybody says hard work beats talent. I mean, like I said, you still got to have some skill, but everybody goes with hard work beats talent, no matter what it is—sports, business, life, anything. Agreed, man. Agreed. 
I mean, it's the prime example of sports that we sports stars that we see on TV. Mm-hmm. Like the ones that draft bust. How are you? How do you become a draft bust? Dude? Like you obviously were the best coming out of college. Mm-hmm. You probably did something that you weren't supposed to be doing in the league, or you you didn't prime yourself like you should have because you thought you were at the top of your game or you were the shit, and you weren't. You got beat out by your competition. Mm-hmm. Prime example of how hard work talent any single day, and even at like the highest scale, man, like playing in the league, the the difference in talent is so marginal. So like it, hard work has to be the same, right? Obviously, you have your Tom Brady's, you've got the you know, your your Randy Mosses and the Warren Sapps, those guys that were just blessed and they worked mm-hmm. their asses off as well. At the same time, their backups really weren't at, they weren't too much worse than they were, right? So who's to say that given the right game, the right against the right opponent in the right circumstance, they wouldn't beat out that starter. They wouldn't beat out that Tom Brady. They wouldn't beat out that Warren Sapp, right? So hard work definitely is what, what keeps them around. And you have to steward that talent or else you'll, you'll lose it. Yeah. I mean, that's great insight because, you know, not everybody can have that insight like you do. So to be able to see that, that's, yeah, I mean, that's the highest level of athletics you could talk about. And you literally gave a great example right there. So moving into the next question, it kind of segues right into it. What's the best way to overcome an obstacle or setback? Mm, Best way to overcome an obstacle or setback. Again, that's kind of, it's subjective to the person. Mm -hmm, 100%, 100%. Right. To to me, I'm going to say it all comes down to your mindset, man. I think you have to kind of be grounded in something before you even get into that adversity or that setback so that you don't fall into a place of, you know, depression or which everybody probably goes through. I can't really speak too much because I'm not a professional there, but you, you kind of have to have some sort of background or some footing to fall back on. You have to be rooted mm-hmm. in something, in my opinion, as to how you can get out of that adversity or that setback. Right. For me, prime example, man, I don't, I have been at Monmouth when I was there when I mm-hmm. broke my foot. I broke both my feet actually back to back years. One mm-hmm. was I broke my foot spring ball 2015. And then I broke my foot again that next three months when I came back from rehab fall of 2017, right? Back to back. I easily could have fallen to a place where I just didn't want to play ball no more. You could have fallen to a place where I was depressed walking around school, hated life, hated the team, didn't want to be around anybody and be a part of anything. Right. But I thank God that I was rooted in, in God in Christ himself right now. But that's what my backbone is. My mm-hmm. backbone carried me through because I knew that at the end of the day, that adversity and me breaking my foot would only make me stronger. Face adversity the next time I go through it. Right. Because it always happens to us. We're not just going to go through one adverse time of life. That happens mm-hmm. on a daily basis for people. So I think, man, you have to be rooted in something for you to get through adversity. So it, that, that's kind of where for my answer goes. I think there's a bunch of different ways you can kind of come out of that one for sure. Yeah. But like you said, having that foundation, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it's all about. Sure. Yep. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be rooted in something, man. You have to be rooted in something so that when you do get in those places, you can dig yourself out. You know exactly where to turn, where to go to, where to, to get you out of that swamp. Yeah. hundred percent. So then moving on, we got another, you know, this or that question. What, what do you think is more important, passion or motivation? Passion, 100%, dude. Motivation is fleeting to me because I can watch a YouTube video right now and be motivated. <laughs> yeah. 44 hours, right? Like I can watch E.T. the Preacher video or I can watch a Goggins video and be motivated for the next 24 hours. Mm-hmm. But once I forget about the, the quotes that they talk about in those videos and those, you know, the highlights of that video, then where am I? Okay, so to yeah. me, motivation is very simple. I think it's important to have motivation, to have motivational people around you and aspects that can boost your drive. But I think an all man, 
the passion has to be there because again, that's kind of in you. And that's something that people can't really take from people can't teach you passion. Mm-hmm. People can't teach you how to be, be devoted to something and sacrifice and, and want to give your all to something, right? People can show you that, which is what motivation is, but people can't teach you and, and ingrain that in you. That has to come from within there. So for sure, I think passion over motivation any single day. Yeah. And what you talked about, I mean, that's so common now. Like anybody can see a motivational video, motivational quote, or, you know, listen to this song, that song, like, oh, I'm hype. I'm ready to go. Like, I'm going to start this. I'm going to start that. But like, it wears off. Like you said, the passion is literally what drives you to do what you love. So at the beginning of the episode, you talked about rich dad, poor dad. Um, how do you continue to stay updated and continue to learn? So you re- talked about that book. Is there any other books, trainings, podcasts, videos, kind of things you do? Yeah, man. So I don't even listen to music anymore. Honestly, in the car, I do listen to music a lot. In the mm-hmm. car, I I don't listen to music. When I'm driving to work or when I'm um, just driving around or just sitting at home, mm-hmm. I'm listening to a podcast, to be completely honest. And most of the times, it's a bigger podcast. podcast. It's either the Real Estate Rookie Show or it's just the BP regular OG podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Just, again, finding ways to get more ingrained into my network, finding more ways to get ingrained into the field that I'm in. Um, but then also it's partly networking because I will hear about people that are doing big things in real estate and I'll follow them on IG or I'll, you know, I'll DM them and stuff like that. So that's just a way for me to stay tapped into my field. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, one of my favorite books is Atomic Habits, um, by James Clear. When I read that book like two years ago, man, that, that completely changed and shifted my mindset, mm-hmm. um, from what it was before. I would use, I used to wake up in the morning, have no real routine, go brush my teeth, use the bathroom. And just go about my day as I felt like I needed to. Mm-hmm. And that can be very really dangerous because you can wake up tired. You can wake up unmotivated. Like we just talked about, you can wake up feeling crappy or in a bad mood. Um, and that'll kind of dictate your day. And that's a very dangerous place to be at, especially if you want to be successful. Because we mm-hmm. talked about it before, success in my mind is driven by consistency and taking the small actions every single day. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm going to hold myself to a standard of being consistent and successful, a routine is critical. Right. So for me now, as opposed to waking up, doing what I wanted to do based on how I felt, I wake up and I have an intentional routine routine every single morning, making sure that I, I don't deviate from that, those tasks on a daily basis, because I know at the end of the day, I can check off a box and say I did X, Y and Z and I did this, this and that. So even if I don't feel the best when I wake up, I can still look back at my day and say I got so much stuff done today that I I feel better. Right. Mm-hmm. I know I did better. If I did my competition. Um, so I will say Atomic Habits was a book that changed my entire mindset on just ways to find small wins within your day, but just ways to be 1% better than you were the next day or the day before, right? So it's the small marginal gains that compound day after day by just being consistent and having those set routines, rules and regulations in, in play for your life. Yeah, I read it too. I mean, I'll, I'll, a few people have talked about it. I mean, it's really a great book, but it's like so simple too, because Like the big thing I got was like the habits, like how to stop a bad habit or how to start a good habit. Like, okay, you want to stop a bad habit? Just make it harder to do it. You want to start a good habit? Just stack it with something else you already do. Like do it when you brush your teeth or do it with something that you do every single day. Like it's really not that complicated. But when he breaks it down like that, I'm like, oh, I'm like, all right, well, that's not that hard. And it's actually not. People make it so much more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah, dude, he breaks it down to a rudimentary sense. And to your point, like those two topics that he hit on are one of my favorite two in the whole book. Yeah. Because for me, I'm low-key a fat kid at heart. I love <laughs> I love chips. I love salty-ass food. I love all the stuff that's not good for you. Mm-hmm. And so for me, now that I'm living on my own and I'm not with my parents, I don't buy that shit anymore. Mm-hmm. I buy a lot. 
<laughs> I will buy a carton of ice cream, mm-hmm. right? But I'm not buying that stuff every day. I'm not buying chips every day. I'm not indulging in the sweets and the snacks and stuff because I understand that that's something that I don't want to continue doing with my life so I can keep my physical being and my mental mindset and things of that nature. So I make that stuff hard by not buying it anymore. I mm-hmm. think stay away from that stuff if I can. But when I go home to my mom's house, I kind of indulge, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> right? But so finding ways to your point to make stuff hard is, is the key because that's how you, you literally just time box yourself. You seclude yourself from doing the stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, definitely. And then even like a business example, like let's say you want to write thank you cards to clients or people of importance in your life. You're never going to do it if you don't have those thank you cards. So you got to go buy them and have them there. Then you're going to do it. If you don't have them, it's, it's never going to get done. It's just small, simple stuff like that that is like, wow, like that really is the game changer. Yep. And even to that point, man, it doesn't even have to be a habit. So you mentioned buying the business cards. Mm-hmm. That's not something you'll do on a regular basis, but because you have it that one time, um, you'll be able to force yourself and focus on Another example, man, I have to put my recycling out every single Thursday. Mm-hmm. And when I first moved into my house, I completely forgot about it for like the first month and a half. Yeah. Uh, so now every single Wednesday night, I take my recycling bin out of my trash can. I have a recycling bin. I'll take it outside of my trash can and put it next to my front door. So every Thursday morning when I get up to walk to work, I'm mm-hmm. taking the bin with me and I'm throwing in the recycling bin and putting the trash can back inside the house. Right. So again, finding a way to make the habit easy to your point, right, is just doing the things that you know you'll you have to do it by making it obvious to you. And then what you talked about too, um, the 1% better every day, it definitely works. Whether that was, you know, athletics or business now, like even let's just say like cold calls or reaching out to people, even if you just do one, you did one more than you were going to do that day. So just small stuff like that, it, it starts to add up. Yep. It, it all compounds, man. And I think people, people like they shy away from that because they're not getting that big home run win or that big home run win sorry, mm-hmm. or that you know, that big result on that next day when that's not how it really is. Yeah. You have those one-off people that can do that type of thing and, and get those crazy results. But for the majority of the world and people that live your small bite-sized chunk to prove to yourself that one, this is possible, but two, that you are making the progress. And I think when more people understand that the, the, the large cumulative goal is, is better than just that one big win or that one big profit day, Mm-hmm. then I think the more better off. Yeah. So with real estate, can you give any type of insight or little, you know, tidbit if somebody is looking to maybe invest in something or just even get started with somebody else? Like, can you just give a tip on maybe like the first thing they should do or kind of what, how they should go about it? Yeah. I would say first thing is call your local realtor, right? If you don't know anything about real estate or you have no idea where you want to start, I'm going to rephrase that. Call an investor-friendly realtor, right? If your goal mm-hmm. is to become the best, goal is just to buy your first property, call a realtor and they can walk through the process. They can show you comps. They can, you know, get you pre-approved with your bank and things of that nature. But if you if you want to be a investor-type real, real estate investor, call an investor-friendly realtor, right? Mm-hmm. And then go from there. Call a lending company. Call a loan officer. Reach out to a contractor that you find online or that you find on Facebook from a, a, a group chat that you're in. Right. Ask questions and find ways to to just be actionable. I think that was the biggest thing that I did that got me to where I am in my career. I just found ways to ask questions and talk to people in the, in the network. Right. If you also want to go to a local real estate meetup, that's a great way. There's a mm-hmm. lot of people at real estate meetups that are in the business. Real estate meetups are typically free. Do not go to a paid real estate meetup because it's probably BS. 
<laughs> Those wait for you real estate. You will meet the agents. You will meet the loan officers. You will meet the title agents. You will meet the contractors all there in one place. You will meet the private lenders. You will meet the, the hard money lenders all in one place for free. Mm-hmm. Take people's hand, get your name out there and get some business cards. Yeah, that's definitely great. Cause I feel like people might be turned away or just like, Oh, it's like so much. I don't know, you know, where to start, but just breaking it down like that, you know, if it helps one listener, I mean, that's great. I think people, they shy away from that type of stuff too, because it's a, it's a very people business. Real estate's not about the properties. Mm-hmm. It's about people shaking, getting to know people. That's what it's about. Yeah. I mean, building that, building those relationships and then, you know, building your network. I feel like that definitely helps a lot. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in the real estate, but I feel like that definitely helps the whole picture. Sure, man. Yep. Yep. Very actionable, very easy to do it. It's free. So you have to kind of have to do it. Yeah. Definitely. So as we come to, uh, you know, close here, what's one final piece of advice you would give our listeners to help them take another step towards success? Yeah, again, I'll, I'll hark back on what we just kind of talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Find small ways, actionable, and get 1% better every single day. Again, if that's, you know, talking to a realtor or talking to an agent, talking to a loan officer, whatever the case is, whatever your field is, right? Mm-hmm. Find a way to get 1% better. If you're a barber, find a way to go to a barber convention just get out there get seen and take an actionable step that will that's tangible not some bs watching youtube videos <laughs> and all this other bs take an actionable step that you can tangibly say i did this i talked to this person i met that person i did this one thing and repeat it the next day and add something on top of that right just stack those small wins every single day and you will be successful if you look back at your life in a year you'll see a, a leap in a bound compared to where you were when you first started guaranteed yeah i mean that's that's great advice Thank you very much. So Darnell, thank you for coming on today. I feel like this was very insightful and this provided a lot of value to our listeners. So I appreciate that. Yes, I appreciate you having me on, man. This is awesome. Hopefully people got some value from it and I'm uh, you know, excited to talk to you again, man. Yeah, definitely. So if anybody wants to uh, connect, feel free to reach out. And then if you would like to reach out to Darnell, what's the best way for anybody to connect with you? Uh, I'll say social media. Um, on Facebook, I'm just Darnell Leslie. On Instagram, I'm Darnell Jamar 2 underscore. And uh, feel free to shoot me a DM, voice message, whatever the case is. I'll do my best to get back to you guys. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. And if, like I said, anybody wants to reach out, feel free to connect.